Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. This is a very important episode for all of us. Throughout the past few weeks, our world has quite literally turned upside down. What we once thought was the right thing to do for our businesses today we're not so sure. Should we continue to market our firms as before? Should we be doing something differently? Should we be selling our services at all during a time of crisis? We're in business, right? But there's a crisis. These are just a few of the questions that I've heard and seen being asked throughout the Entree Architect community in the last few weeks. Well, today, I have some answers for you. Hopefully, after this episode, you will have some clarity on how to move forward. Hope you enjoy it, and I hope it helps. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 318, Decide to Win, with Shannon Lee of Win Without Pitching. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. And our friends at RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM specifications, and so much more for free at RCAT.com. Shannon Lee, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you, Mark. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm excited to have this conversation. I think um, there are some people out there who need to hear some of the things that we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that, I want to introduce you, let people know who you are. Uh, Shannon Lee spent a decade in senior marketing and communication roles in Fortune 500 companies before moving to a business development leadership role at a well-regarded Seattle design firm. She also spent four years at Catapult New Business, where she worked with agencies uh, of various disciplines and size, building and leading their business development programs. Her time on the front lines of agency business development, coupled with many inf uh, informative years on the client side, has given Shannon a unique per perspective into the marketers, uh, what marketers are looking for in agencies, and what agencies must be doing in order to compete and win. Today, Shannon is the Win Without Pitching uh, Director of Coaching 
and an unstoppable force of human empowerment. I love that. Uh, Shannon's empathetic and encouraging coaching skills have helped her uh, clients translate the lofty win without pitching ideals into real behavioral change with lasting results. Many of you may recognize that term, that win without pitching. It comes up a lot in our Entree Architect community. Um, it comes from the book written by Blair Enns, The Win Without Pitching Manifesto, um, and his powerful training program that he presents all over the world. He has a whole coaching program. Um, Blair was back, was a guest here. He was on the show, Entree Architect Podcast, in episode 219. And we discussed the steps that he presented in his most recent book, Pricing Creativity, which is another book that comes up a lot in the community. So uh, I'm super excited to have you here, Shannon. Um, you work with Blair, You've, you are the director of coaching. Um, and so you're very well acquainted, acquainted with uh, when, without pitching and how it works. And, and that's a conversation that comes up all the time in the community. So I think there are a lot of people who, who ears just popped up and are listening intently uh, that you're here. So thank you very much for, for joining us here today. Absolutely. I'm so happy to hear that your audience and all of you out there have embraced some of our ideals. And I'm happy to, to be here and jump in and share even more to help you right now. Excellent. Uh, so we're going to have a great conversation. But before we do that, I want to learn more about you. I'd love to hear your origin story. Go back as far as you'd like to go back um, and share your journey to how you got to where you are today. Yeah, you bet. I think I'll, I think I'll start um, with just my win without pitching origin story so I don't go too far down a rabbit hole of when I used to ride horses and be a barrel racer and all that good stuff. Oh, that so would be interesting, a little though. <laughs> we'll, have you, we'll have you come back to talk about barrel yeah, racing. Yeah, we can do that next. That's great. Yeah, so... I uh, I saw Blair Enns, the founder of our company, speak for the first time in about 2006. And at that time, I was in a business development role for a Seattle design firm, graphic design firm. And I was sitting in the audience with one of the owners of the firm. And Blair said from that stage that you are not in the business of convincing. You have no business convincing anyone of anything ever when it comes to the sale. And I will tell you in that moment, as a business development leader, I was absolutely freed. I was transformed. I was released of whatever had been burdening me that I didn't even really realize was sitting as heavily as it was burdening me. Because prior to that role, I had been on the corporate side in investor communications, corporate communications, marketing roles. I reported into the C-suite in most cases. And I was very confident, self-assured, wasn't afraid to speak my mind, wasn't afraid to say, hey, I'm not sure, but I'll get back to you. Wasn't afraid to like sit and embrace silence, one of our principles, um, if I had to think about something for a moment in a meeting. But the minute I transitioned to the agency world and was put in the sales hot seat, something changed. This, this sales robot took over and I started behaving badly and doing things in the sale to convince and to win work. And we do that for many reasons. We, we get put in the sales hot seat and it makes us just completely change who we are as a person and do things we don't recognize in ourselves. And we do it because we need to bring in work or we do it because we have to make payroll or we do it because we don't believe we deserve to be there in the first place. We're lacking confidence. Or we do it because we've just never had proper sales training. And in that moment when he said that, I just realized, hey, I'm good enough. I can be myself. I have a good firm behind me. We have something of value to offer. And I just need to quit this. I need to get my head around just having a conversation. And we brought Blair in after that. He took the firm through training that I was with. And we really embraced this win without pitching approach. And I've been selling this way for over a decade now and coaching for win without pitching, you know, for five years now. And that's, that's, what I want to share as much as I can with all of you today is just how to be yourself and gain confidence in the sale. Um, it got me to a very good place personally and professionally, and I believe everybody can do it. Yeah, I, I love that you're here right now. Let me just sort of acknowledge that we're recording this early April 2020. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. Uh, people aren't sure what they should be doing, what they could be doing. Um, they're they're worried about their businesses. They're worried about their teams. They're worried about their families. Um, 
and I, I've been hearing the question right from the beginning of when this crisis began, um, should we be selling? Should we be pushing? Should we be trying to convince? Should we, you know, what should we do? You know, is, is it inappropriate to try to be selling in a time of uh, crisis or a time of, you know, or even more importantly, you know, this is going to become an economic crisis. This health crisis is going to roll into an economic crisis, and so what do what do we do in, in during times of economic uncertainty? Those are the questions that keep coming up, and so I I love that you're here right now because I think that you may be able to help us sort of understand what we should be doing in terms of of uh, our our sales process. If your pipeline is empty, you're out of business, and mm-hmm. so. Um, how do we make sure that what we're saying and how we're saying it is appropriate in a time of, of uncertainty that we're in now? Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are hard days. These are emotional days. We're all learning how to ride the wave of the up and down of those emotions. We're learning how to work from home differently, communicate with our clients differently. All said though, we still need to persevere. And we still need to sell, but within context. And I'll talk about that. And we need to be doing even more to build awareness for ourselves. We'll get into that too. I guess I'm going to assume that many of you are taking care of your business. But before we jump into should we be selling and how do we do it, I would just say that if you haven't taken the steps to to figure out how you're going to survive, right, to take a look at your business, to do some planning, Um, to shore up cash, to get paid, um, anything that's outstanding to you, those should be the first things you're doing right now, right? Taking care of yourself so you can pay yourself and take care of your family, allowing you then to take care of any staff you might have. And then you need to, after you go through those exercises, decide to win, frankly. I think it's very much about Mm -hmm. mindset here and showing up strong each day. And as entrepreneurs, um, there is a great appetite for risk. And you, you know how to ride these waves, even though this one is unique. And so it's time to show up to win and bring our confidence and bring our best selves. That will help you when it comes to selling and building awareness. Yeah, I, I think that is critical. And that's something that I don't think many people are thinking about right now. The decision to survive, the decision to not only survive, but how do we, how do we end up thriving through this? What can we learn? And what can we do to not only survive, but thrive? But, decide to win, I think is an, is a very important step. And, and I just want to remind everybody about what you said first, you do need to, you know, we've been working on developing our businesses. We've been going through the planning process and we've been making sure you have a financial management system in place and you still need to do that. And now you need to double check that, make sure all those hatches are battened down and they're all working and everything's working. Um, but then decide to win. I love it. So what do, what do we, once we make that mindset shift um, and we're, we're going to make it through this, our team's going to make it through this, what, what do we do now? Well, the first thing I would do is make sure that you've been in touch with all of your clients and have conversations with them about where the project stands, where they're at, you know, mentally and emotionally, offering to help. This is a time where we need to be doing everything we can to help current clients and prospects as well. And that offer of help may mean getting creative with payment terms, getting creative with, you know, continuing the project in a more remote virtual setting, being really open to brainstorming ideas to offer a lifeline and stay in touch. It may, it may sound like, okay, if you can only afford a little bit hourly just to keep things moving, for example. Let's look at that. Let's see if we can figure that out. So it's making sure first you're getting in touch with current clients. That would be my first move. And, well, and m- many of us right now, I'm, most of us are, well, I think the entire country right now is working from home. Um, and most of us still have the work that we had before anything happened. Um, and so do you suggest that this, that it's an email or a telephone call or how, how do we make that connection without sounding like 
just checking to make sure you're still going to pay your bill. You know, yeah, exactly. how do we do this in a sincere way? This is this is the, the point in time where I think we need to remember that we're all people here and we just need to be having conversations with each other, releasing any concern about needing to sell something or continue a project or get paid, right? When you know you need to touch base with your clients right now, I'd be picking up the phone. We're picking up the phone more than ever. I'm hearing that from all of the clients that I work with. So I would try that first. Honestly, I would pick the phone up and it would just be, hey, I'm, I'm touching base. How are you doing today? How is your family doing? And just take care of each other You know, I'm in the first parts of that conversation. Be honest, right? Part of the reason that you're calling is to check in on the project as well, to see, is it still feasible? What can we do you know, to help to make some adjustments, to keep things moving? We have an eye on making sure that our business survives that too. It's in all of our best interest that it does. But you're coming at it with just a different level of empathy and honesty. And the reality is, I think you should carry that into the future after we survive all of this as well. Right. That is one of, one of the tenets of Win Without Pitching is, is bringing empathy and understanding if we can help and having conversations regardless of the time that we're in. Yeah, that that authenticity, the sincere um, concern for other human beings. You know, at, I I end every podcast with the words love, learn, share. Those are my rules. Um, and if you do those three things, everything is going to be okay. And you can apply it to anything: love, learn, share, care for one another. When you say love, it's care for one another, and your clients are people, and so just reach out to them. And that's how you can make sure it's honest. That's how you can make sure it's that it's not, you know, some some scheme that you have, some strategy to make sure they pay their bill. Be sincerely concerned for them and reach out to them. And you're probably going to get a voicemail because nobody picks up their phone anymore. And so think about what you're going to leave on that voicemail. You may even want to write it down um, and you know, think about because they're they, if they hear your voice on a voicemail, they're going to think that it's a call for collections <laughs> or, or a call, you know, to make sure they're still, let them know why you're calling and write it down. So you're, you know, so you know that it's authentic and it's sincere. And so be prepared for that voicemail. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I think that yes, the voicemail, be prepared for the voicemail and then follow up that voicemail with an email, just, Hey, checking in, want to see how you're doing. I left you a voicemail. Let's find the time to talk this week. Give yeah. them give them some space to get back to you, but there's a gentle persistence that I think is okay because you're offering a lifeline as well. Yeah, and so when when you do finally have that conversation and you they realize that you're calling because you're you're checking in with them, and you have that conversation about the project and and uh, making sure that you know this project is still on and and uh, or if it's not, you know, what do we do from there? How do is it a postponement? Is a do we check in later and how that happens? Um, what what do you do after that call? So you make that call and everything's everything's good. They they understand why you made that call. What do we do next? So I will tell you that I've been talking with hundreds probably at this point of of our clients, current clients, past clients over the past weeks, and everybody's in a different place with um, their survival mode. Some are thriving, you know, some are barely hanging on, some are doing okay and they'll get through it. It's just slowed down. And in every case, if somebody is a current client and they don't have the ability to pay right now, we're going to continue to help them for free in the meantime. I think what's really important for all of our uh, mental health is to feel like we have something to contribute and that we're going to keep moving in our day to day. And I think where you can, if clients are paying, that's great. But if they can't pay, if something has to go on pause, I think you should find a way to continue to help them. So we're, we're just still talking about current clients right now. And I know we'll shift in a minute to yeah. like, out, like active prospecting, but be okay with this. Recognize that some of them are going to come back and be able to make up the payments they missed or start paying again. Some won't, and that's okay. You just have to let some of that go. There's going to be some loss through this. Uh, but I would encourage you to figure out a way to help even if you can't get paid. Or even if it is just a simple exchange of a very small amount um, on an hourly basis, if that feels comfortable. 
um, be willing to take a look at that when you're in these conversations. Yeah, that's a great idea. And, and it may be when you have this conversation with them, they may even bring other challenges that have come up since this has happened. Maybe their project is no longer their priority, but they have some other issue they're dealing with that you as an architect or a designer or a creative problem solution solution may be able to help them with. And so open that up with them because you may find that they need assistance somewhere else. And if they can pay for it, then great. You got a new project. If they can't pay for it and you help them, imagine what you're going to get in terms of social capital for doing something like that in, in a time like this. Isn't that a great opportunity right now, too? And this is where we have to really push ourselves to find the opportunities and to find the silver linings. I was on a call with a client yesterday, and she was actually taking the call from the closet in her bedroom because she lives in a tiny apartment in the Bay Area, and now she's sharing this space with her entire family but has to conduct business. What a great opportunity as an architect, as a designer, as a creative professional to figure out how to help them reimagine their space somehow, right? That's a great idea. So agreed, do that. Go beyond the current project, see what else is going on you can help with. Yeah, and that specific specific situation is happening hundreds of thousands of times this, you know, in the past couple of weeks. Well, as everybody is starting to work from home and most of us are not prepared to be working from home and they are, you're working from closets and bedrooms and, and, and for many, this is the new normal. Many businesses are going to shift to this model because it is more effective and more efficient in many ways and so uh, and less expensive. And so many businesses will shift. And so that opportunity for architects is out there. Um, I've talked about this before in, in, on video and, and in some other podcasts. That is a huge opportunity for architects right now of, of addressing that new reality for businesses at both ends, both the business side and the worker side. Um, and everything in between, the systems that go with that, of of sending somebody home, those protocols and that the 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 uh, the process of getting people to efficiently work from home in a distributed way, we can own that as architects. So great opportunity and and sort of off track, but that that possibility may come up in that conversation that you have with them. Yeah, and, and not off track because I think um, Mark, you're right that. We need to survive, we need to continue to sell and figure out how to work, but we need to innovate. This is our, our moment, right? And, and all of you specifically have this ability to be creative in very unique ways. You could be thinking of things very outside of the box, like how could somebody quickly build a little space in their home? How could you put a little um, off the shelf product together to guide them through how to do that, order their product online from Home Depot or whatever the case may be, or a little tiny house in their backyard. How could you help somebody do that while you're sitting remotely and guiding them through. There's all sorts of cool things you can be innovating on right now as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and as you're talking about that, even there's even marketing opportunities where you can create sort of a guide of here are 10 things you can do to make your house a more, a, you know, a, a more fu- a better functioning uh, remote office, right? Download it. Yep. And now you have their email address for future use. You know, there's so many so, opportunities. That is, that's, that perfectly uh, leads to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is this marketing aspect of it, this awareness building. This is the time almost more so than selling to be building awareness for your firm and to be doing that in a way where it is very insight expert driven content that you're putting out there into the world. I've worked with some architects and interior designers and, and landscape designers um, during during the course of my time coaching at Win Without Pitching, our sweet spot, as many of you may know, are, are more of that um, digital graphic design advertising marketing services firm. But what I've found with architects, landscape architects, interior designers is that um, you're not always used to developing content and pushing it out there into the world to promote yourself. It's not as comfortable a place to do that. And you're not writing maybe consistently and sharing these kinds of ideas and building this marketing awareness for yourself. This is the time for you to start that exercise, to figure out what is my point of view on the work that I do? What are some hints and tips I could provide? What are some insights I could put out there? Get the writing going. Write an article a week right now if you can, even if it's only 500 words. Valuable, helpful content on a consistent basis 
is just really critical at this time. People want help. They're looking for help. And so this might be one of the first things you sit down and do is develop a, a content map for yourself about the things you can be writing about and pushing out into the world on a weekly basis over the next three months. Build yourself a little action plan and, and get going on it. Do you think writing is, is the best way to do that? Because today you can do audio very easily. You know, you can upload to SoundCloud or Anchor pretty easily and create a quick podcast. Um, you can do YouTube videos. You can do Facebook videos. You can do, there's so many different ways to create content. Um, writing is absolutely the easiest. Is there a specific reason why you say writing rather than create content in any way? Or is it? A- We're big advocates of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can create content in any way that is comfortable for you. I think what's most important right now is doing something that you can hit the ground running with comfortably, confidently, and have something meaningful to say. Uh, If that's a podcast, then do that. If that's a YouTube video, then do that. If it's a webcast, then do that. Writing is important um, from our perspective because writing helps you think and learn and, and go deeper into your area of expertise and uncover areas within your area of expertise that you need to learn more about, for example. So writing is an exercise that brings discipline and behavior change, I think. And so that's why it's that's why I'm an advocate for it. It's it's also something you can leverage then into other means, right? If you write an article, you can turn it into a webcast. Mm-hmm. You can figure out somebody to interview around that topic on a podcast potentially. So that's that's kind of our bias around writing. Yeah, I I could see that as well. I I mean, when you do a YouTube video, which is I mean, unless you write out a script um, or a podcast, unless you write out a script, much of it is sort of off the top of your head. You're using the knowledge you have as an expert, but it's it's not as well prepared and in-depth as a blog post or an article would be. Um, and so I definitely, I agree that, that writing sort of forces you to go deeper. Yeah, and then you have this, like you're saying, this record of it, it can live on your website. You have an archive you can direct people to. You can easily push a link out um, over social media, directing people back to your website, to your blog. So you have then a way to capture subscribers. That's the other piece of it is getting people to follow you and really um, find your content helpful and opt in to get it more. So you have this active list you can begin to market to. We will return to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. While COVID-19 is having an unprecedented impact on the economy, companies like our platform sponsors are still building tools and still providing services to help support you, to help support your business and to help support your people through the ups and downs. So please take a few minutes to visit them and let them know that we appreciate their support here at Entree Architect. Our platform sponsors for this episode are RCAT and FreshBooks. Have you been to RCAT.com recently? It's the number one most used website for finding building product information. RCAT will help you find the building data you want quickly and easily. Their search allows you to choose what kind of information you want, like CAD, BIM, specifications, and only get the results with that data. RCAT is also constantly fine-tuning their search engine to make sure that you keep getting the information that you ask for. Of course, it's still free. It requires no registration, no login, no credit card. If you need building product information and haven't used RCAT recently, or maybe you've never tried RCAT, head over to RCAT.com right now and try it out. You'll be glad you did. That's RCAT.com, A-R-C-A-T.com. RCAT.com. Go visit them today. For the small but mighty entrepreneur architect, staying agile is more important than ever. You just can't afford to waste time on work that doesn't serve your clients. Enter FreshBooks, the all-in-one small firm invoicing and accounting solution. Firms that switch to FreshBooks can save up to 200 hours per year with features that let them organize client projects to stay on top of billable hours and automate invoicing and expensing activities. Best of all, as your business grows, FreshBooks 
will grow with you. Custom built-in integrations allow you to add payroll, financing, and custom workflows when your business is ready for them. Your team may not always be small, but you can always be mighty. You can always keep it mighty and be mighty agile with the right tools. Start your free 30-day trial today at entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks. And don't forget, enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash freshbooks. RCAT and FreshBooks. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. With the writing, how do you distribute it? Is it a blog? Is it a newsletter? How, how is it distributed most effectively? Yeah, so we, we really believe that there needs to be a place on your website um, that is your blog or you know our thoughts or our perspective where all of these articles live. And one, one great way to get it out there is to just draft an email, a quick little abstract of what the article is about with a link to the article that links people back to your website where the article lives and push an email out that way with an offer in that email um, to opt out if they don't want to be receiving these things we want to be mindful and respectful if people don't want this stuff landing in their inbox um, but then also with an opt-in option on the website if people want to subscribe to continue to get more of your content or forward it to other people who may find it helpful for them to opt in and receive it as well. So it lives on your website, but then I would take the next step of customizing how you push that out across social media. So how would you customize that little abstract to promote your article on Twitter in 140 characters or whatever it is now? Um, same thing with LinkedIn. You may even decide to copy and paste the entire article in an email so people can read it right there with a link back to the website if they wanna go and visit the website. So I would play around with some things, be open to just testing and experimenting the whole idea of this attitude of experimentation to see what gains traction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you are going to post it on different social media, you really want to, like you, like Shannon said, customize it in a way that's appropriate for the context of the social media that you're using. You don't want to just write a quick little blurb and post it everywhere. Because a lot of you, people, the people you know are in all those different places and they'll just see that you posted the same thing everywhere. And there's different ways to be, uh, to gain that awareness on those different platforms by uh, developing something specific for that platform. It'll be more effective. It'll be, and specifically for Facebook, Facebook will actually share certain content more if you write it and present it in a specific way. So, so we're going to write, we're going to create some awareness. We're going to write specifically for some of the concerns that our uh, potential customers are dealing with right now. So it's relevant content for, for the time that people are, because they're going to be looking for that content. You want yeah. to be there to be found. So what's the next step after you sort of start building this awareness through some, some writing and, and getting your name back out there? So I would turn to my pipeline. I would take a look at my pipeline and revisit conversations you are in the middle of or that have gone dark. And that is also handled in context and with great care. It is, it is you reaching out, acknowledging times have changed and the project may have changed as a result of that, but you would still love to have a conversation and check in and just offer any opportunities to help and get creative if there still is interest in trying to figure out how to move this project forward. So I would turn to, to what we call your, your warm leads that you've been actively working next and try to drive some of those conversations. So it's a similar approach to your current clients. Yeah. Next, go to the next list of potential, potential clients, your pipeline, mm -hmm. your warm leads, people who have already said, hey, I'm interested in this, you know, yep. we're interested. I think many of us, out of fear, might be afraid to have that conversation, might be afraid to make that contact because you're afraid that, you know, of what they may say, right? Right now, as long as I don't say anything, it's still a potential project. If I reach out to them, they may say, I want to cancel that project. And so what, what do you say to people who have that concern? So this is all about the, the mindset piece of the equation. And that's okay, right? We all have our insecurities and fears about getting into a sales conversation. 
So the first thing I would encourage you to do is to tap into what we call these motivators that drive these fears. And so you may be somebody that has a motivator around the need to be liked, for example. You really need to be liked. And so you really are worried about making a good impression. And so you go into these conversations um, doing anything you can to just please that person, regardless of if it's good for your business or not. So name that, name that motivator that causes you to behave this way and say to yourself, hey, I recognize I have the need to be liked or I have the need to win or I have the need to be in, in control. I'm going to release that. I'm going to say I get that about myself and I'm going to release that. And the worst case scenario is they can't afford it or they don't want to move forward. I'm going to let that go right now as well. I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to tell myself I am the expert. I am the prize to be won here and I am on a mission to help. And I can do this if that person will let me lead. And I'm going to come into this conversation with great care and empathy. And I'm going to help them because they need somebody strong and need somebody who, who can be a leader right now in this conversation and in their life, frankly. And offer that up. Have that moment. Stand up. Do your jumping jacks. Whatever you have to do. Do your deep breathing. <laughs> and then pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if they say no, I mean, you need to know that. No is right? okay. No is a really good answer, actually. We want no or we want yes versus silence because then we know right. what to do next. And if the answer is no, then the response is, that's okay, I get it. And thank you so much for taking the time to let me know. I want you to know I'm a lifeline for you as we're all going through this. We're all in this together. That's, that is unique about this moment right now. Yeah. And just know you can pick the phone up and call no matter what it is. And if the project comes back to life after we push through this pandemic, we'll talk about it at that point. But I just want you to know I'm here for you. Yeah, yeah, super important. I mean, if your pipeline is full, of empty leads, of leads that aren't, aren't that have shifted and are no longer leads, um, then you have a problem. If you think you have a full pipeline and you don't, you have a bigger problem months from now when those those leads you thought you had are no longer projects. And so you need to know yes or no. Yeah. So the sooner you, you get to know, the better. And you don't want to be in that chase mode. That's in, in good times or rough times, being that person chasing is never fun and comes off as desperate and it's not healthy. So it's better, it's better to know and then move on and put all of that good energy and intellect and creativity you have into that next opportunity or writing that next great article to be building that awareness. Right, right. So we're reaching out to our pipeline, making sure that everybody's being cared for there. Um, you have some of those projects will be you know, confirmed and you'll, you'll have a process to, to proceed with them. And some of them will say, no, we're, we're canceling it. Some of them will say we're postponing it. So now, you know, and so now what's the next step after you sort of uh, reach out to those people? What do we do now? So there's a couple things um, that I would love to offer up. The first one is this idea of a free consult. I have a lot of clients doing this now. I've done this over the years. And it sounds a little something like, um, hey, I would love to hop on the phone and get 30 minutes of your time and just hear about a challenge that you're up against or something you'd like some fresh perspective on. And maybe real time in that call, I'll be able to give you some insights. And if not, I'll come back to you a day or so later with some thoughts and some insights. And it may be that that we see this as an opportunity to start some work together, or at the very least, you're going to understand a bit better how I think and work. And when the timing's right, I'll be, I'll be there and you'll know who I am. And I'm finding solopreneurs specifically doing this and having some success and driving some conversations. They, you also need to be mindful to protect yourself a bit because you can't be having hundreds of calls a week. So you may set it up in, in the context that you can do maybe two to five of these calls a week and you actually put a little calendar invite in the email you send and somebody can pick a time and once those times are booked, they have to go to the next week. But this has been working and this is driving conversations, driving uh, new business, um, driving creative ways of coming together to figure out what, what you might be able to do next. Yeah, and, and as architects, we, we have the ability to uh, present not only you know, uh, design of buildings, we are creative problem solvers. And so in that conversation, it may not be a space they need fixed, or they might not be a building that they need built. It may be a problem that they have with a process 
or some some you know creative solution that they need that may come out in this conversation, um, this this uh, this free consultation that you know you don't know where it's going to lead. You know these opportunities could pop up anywhere. They won't pop up if you don't have those conversations. So I love that idea of sort of just reaching out and saying, hey, let's have a you know half hour conversation. It could be a telephone call. It could be a Zoom call. Um, I know there, there are some architects in the community right now that have developed um, sort of a video ad that they're sending out to all of their potential clients. They're sent, they're posting on their um, advertising on Facebook for a free consultation on Zoom that they are prepared for it and they're they're just have a conversation about whatever anybody wants to talk about for a half hour. Yeah, and, and your point about going beyond immediate need is really an important one. And I've been thinking about this because we have a question we guide people to ask in, in the sale in that first qualifying conversation. We call it the, the magic question, the three-year want question. Dan Sullivan, the founder of Strategic Coach is the originator of this question. And it's opened up um, our world and our client's world in a way that's just quite profound. I've been trying to figure out, is it appropriate to ask this question in this moment with the pandemic? So I think you have to make some decisions real time. But the question is, you and I are sitting down three years from today and you're really happy. What has happened in those three years to make you so happy? And it's a question that opens up a visioning exercise mm -hmm. beyond that immediate need that is just transformational. And it may be that now is a very good time to ask that question because we all need a moment to dream and think about the future. And so think about that, I guess. Um, yeah. Think about if that if that's timely and if that would help to kind of push beyond this immediate need and look at how else you might be able to help. Yeah, I think the sentiment behind that, that question is very valid. I, I think, you know, maybe verbatim, maybe it's rewritten in a way acknowledging our current situation, but still having that visionary, you know, conversation with a prospective client saying, you know, three years from now, you know, we all know where we are. We all know what we're about to go through. How can we help you get to where you want to go? Even through this, this rough time that we're going to have, maybe we can help you get there. Yep, that's right. And, and on that vein of help, we have to remember that you're leading in the sale. You leading in the sale is allowing you to lead in the engagement. And part of leading in the sale and in the sales conversation is making it easy for that prospect to buy something from you. Don't make them have to search and figure it out. Go to them with how you take a first step together, whatever that might mean. It might mean, and I've said this a couple of times, open an hourly job and let's just get started and see where it goes. It might mean uh, getting creative with payment terms so that there is some exchange of money so, so they have skin in the game as well. It may mean a phased approach to things so there's incremental um, uh, work getting done along the way that's tangible that they can kind of hang on to and see a schedule around. Make it easy for them to buy and take that first step. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that leads us right into the original question. You know, we have, we're in this time of crisis. We're in this time of, of economic uncertainty. Um, and, and now we're sort of in, we're at, we're at the step now where uh, we need to figure out how we're going to get to that next step. How do we get through that selling process? Do we feel comfortable selling at a time like this? That's the question that I, that I yeah. keep getting. Um, what, how do you respond to that to, for people who sort of feel uncomfortable even with the concept of trying to sell their services at this moment? Yeah, this is the magic question, right? <laughs> and it changes week to week, sometimes day to day in this current environment. And so I, I think it is still okay to sell if you're doing it from a place of service and help and handling it with delicacy, right? And respect. I don't think we should stop. I just think it will ebb and flow as the weeks and months carry out. And you have to be paying very close attention to people's moods and what's happening in your industry and having a lot of conversations with others who are in the same boat to see what they're hearing. I can tell you that from our perspective and in, in the creative services world, marketing, advertising, digital, selling is still happening. People are still buying. 
there's a lot of good news stories out there. Um, there's another end to that spectrum where it has completely stopped for some markets and some industries. So I think you have to be mindful of that as well. People staying at home who are still up and running and working because they're not affected because they weren't in the travel industry or the restaurant industry, for example, may still want to be doing some things and taking some actions on projects. You may be more mindful if you know your clients are affected economically and just not even choose to reach out to those people. That's likely the smart thing and the, and the right thing to do. Yeah. So think about who you want to reach out to and kind of what their state of affairs may be. And you may not be able to know, but just take a moment a little bit more thoughtfully than maybe you would in the past to do that. Yeah. And it's not, it's not much different, you know, in terms of you, we should always be selling in terms of uh, selling our service, right? If we're, yeah. if the mindset is that you're serving and you, you have an expertise and that you have something that can help someone get somewhere that they need to go. Especially now where people are looking for solutions to big problems. If you have a solution for that, you should be providing that service and you should be being compensated for that service. If you are not out there letting people know that you have the answer, that you have the solution for them, you can make their life easier. You can make make this process of transition that they may be in uh, easier for them. Then you're not doing your job. You're not, you're not, fulfilling your responsibility to serve your fellow human being and be, you know, compensated for it. And so it's just like Shannon said, it's a mindset shift. You have to shift your mind from, from convincing, like Blair said, mm -hmm. you're not in the job, in the business of, of convincing someone you're in the job of serving. And because you're an expert, you can bring solutions to people and you have value. You should be paid for those services. Yeah, that's beautifully said. And, and ask yourself this before you pick the phone up or send the email, is what I am offering of value in this moment, mm -hmm. am I doing it in service of helping this person? And do I have some ideas for creative ways we could figure out how to work together if the budget is tight or if there's no budget at all? Be prepared. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those, I think these, the steps that you just presented from the very beginning all the way through this process, uh, it's so valuable. I think many architects are looking for uh, answers to the questions that we just reviewed. There, are there, is there any, anything else that we should be um, you know, touching upon in order for people to sort of feel comfortable about going forward and, and thriving, you know, building these systems to thrive throughout this crisis? I think the only other thing that, that I would say is to develop some discipline for yourself around this moment when it comes to the awareness part of the equation, writing articles or doing webcasts and the selling part of the equation. Block an hour first thing each morning to write, for example, so that you get it done, so that you approach it with a clear head. Maybe nighttime is the better time for you to do that. So block an hour, like build some discipline into the calendar and block a couple times a week to do this sales outreach. Try to let your family know if you're working from home, you need this to be quiet time. Don't try to sell every day. I think that can become too much. We, we have to give ourselves a break and be gentle on ourselves too, but maybe a couple hours a week for some outreach and just kind of dip your toe in the water that way that is measured, um, but scheduled and disciplined. Yeah, very important um, to, to plan it out and to block time for it, especially now if your work situation has changed and now your work and home schedules sort of have become integrated, you know, without your intention, they are now, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now more than ever, we need to schedule and plan and block out our time to make sure that what needs to happen, both on the family side and the business side, can happen. If you don't plan it out and you don't have some sort of strategy for it and, and specific time, blocked out on your calendar to actually achieve these milestones, it won't happen on either side and nothing will work. And so yeah. I think that's super important to, to finish up here is, is to make sure you get those times on your schedule and, and, and hold them sacred that, that th this time is a, an appointment with me to make sure that I do this. It's just as important as the appointment that you have with your client. Um, and so, yeah, plan it out, write it down, get it on your calendar and execute. 
and, and decide to win. I love that. Decide to win. So important. Uh, Shannon, thank you very much for coming on and helping us through this process. Before you go, I want to ask you the one question that I'm asking everybody that I've asked for over 300 times. Um, <laughs> what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? So maybe I'm going to break the rule and uh, just give back to all of you. The one thing you can do today is reach out for help and be there for your community. And I would like to offer my help to your audience, Mark. And so Mark's going to share my email address. And if you just would like to have a conversation, get some guidance on something, please reach out and we'll set up a time to do that. I'm here for you. I've got your back. We're all rooting for you. I know you got this. It's it's all about just going out and deciding to win. I love that answer. Reach out for help because especially right now, we all need a little help. As much as you may know, as much as you have this under control, everybody needs some help. I I love that. Um, um, Shannon Lee is S H A N N Y N. Shannon Lee, um, WinWithoutPitching.com. That's where you can find all about. Uh, win without pitching. You can learn more about Blair. You can learn more about Shannon. You can reach out to Shannon at Shannon at winwithoutpitching.com. We'll have the website and the email uh, on our show notes. Um, so just type into the show notes and, and you'll have winwithoutpitching.com and Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-Y-N at um, winwithoutpitching.com. Shannon, this has been a, a great conversation. I'm so happy to to meet you. I think that that you and I are very much on the same wavelength in terms of helping the people that we're trying to help. Um, so thank you very much for coming here and sharing your knowledge at Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you, Mark. I've loved it. And I just like, I want to hug you through Zoom right now. I want to hug more than I've ever wanted to hug in this moment. So I'm giving you a Zoom hug. Well, now you definitely are on the same wavelength because I'm a hugger too. So thank you very much for doing a virtual hug. Thank you, Shannon. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. And here, here's a virtual hug for you too. I, th I think we all need a hug right now. Uh, you've been listening to episode 318, the link to the show notes and the link to share this very important episode. Please share this episode with everybody that you know. I really think so many of us need this, this message right now. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 318. EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 318. I hope you are well. I hope, I hope this episode was helpful. You know, as we record new episodes, we're moving all the most relevant content right up to the top of our publishing queue so that we can serve you with the most important information right now. The stuff that you need to hear right now is going right up, going right out as soon as we can get it out. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you, uh, so that you gain all of the most information that you can, that you receive each and every episode here at Entree Architect Podcast. So go hit the subscribe button if you are not already subscribed. And before you head out, I want to share something with you. I want to let you know how you might be able to help us. As you know, a few weeks back, we launched our first new show at Gable Media, Build Your Brand Podcast with Jeff Eccles. And we're working very hard with several other creators. We have more coming to you. Some that you may already know, some people you may already know from other platforms, and some people you may not know. We're working very hard to develop a new media network that will empower you, the Entree Architect, and the Entrepreneur Architect, and all the other architects out there to better serve the world. That's our mission, to help you better serve the world. So earlier this week, we launched Gable Members as a way for you to help us build Gable Media into a network that will truly change the world. I really believe that. I really believe that, you know, that sounds, people say that all the time, but I really believe that the work that we're doing here at Entree Architect, helping architects build better businesses and the new Gable Media as a way for you to build a better world, um, providing you with the information and the inspiration and the content you need to build a better world. So Gable Media has now launched Gable Members. So you can learn more and join at entrearchitect.com slash Gable now, G-A-B-L, leave off the E, it's Gable, G-A-B-L. So entrearchitect.com slash Gable now. Um, and hey, if you're a member, if you're an Entree Architect member or a Mastermind member, so if you are a member in the membership, uh, go 
check out the Slack forum, the member forum on Slack. There's a coupon in there for you to join Gable members for free. New Gable members will gain instant access to the entire full season of Build Your Brand podcast with Jeff Eccles. The entire season. That's all 12 episodes, 100% commercial free. Commercial free. No episode, no commercials. As a member, if you help us, we'll help you. All 12 episodes, you can get your binge on over there and listen to the entire uh, season in one sitting. Don't wait to listen to the next episode that really gets released every two weeks. Support Gable Media right now with a minimum contribution. It's only $19 per year for the whole year, $19. And you can get started building your brand today. As a Gable member, you will also always gain first access to the new shows that we're developing. And you'll have an opportunity opportunity to provide feedback to us. We are building this media network for you. So you should have an opportunity to help us build it. And to keep it fun and valuable, we're also going to develop special perks and goodies and all kinds of stuff exclusively for you, our Gable members. If you're ready to support Gable Media, just visit entrearchitect.com slash Gable now, G-A-B-L-N-O-W, and join Gable members right now as a charter member for only $19 per year. That's less than two bucks a month. That's uh, less than $1.60 per month. EntreArchitect.com slash Gable now, G-A-B-L-N-O-W. Thank you. Thank you for your support, for helping us build Gable Media and for you being a part of my journey to empower architects to better serve the world. Thank you. And remember, focus on what you can control. Be well, be healthy, be happy, safe, and secure. Thank you for listening today. Now more than ever, love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. 
there is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.